the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Now he's speaking gibberish. That's right. The man who wants to be president of the United States of America was on the campaign trail today uh, speaking in tongues. And speaking of him, uh, it is Friday, and you know what that means. And now it's time for the Jerk of the Week, starring John Steigerwald. Uh, that's right, and I'm not sure if this is his first trophy, but Joe Biden, Biden gets the award this week. For one thing, we thought it would be nice to work him in before the election. Uh, and if he does win on Tuesday, we might have millions of winners next Friday. Everybody who voted for him would be in contention for the award for Jerk of the Week. But uh, Joe gets the award for refusing to answer questions about what he was doing with his son Hunter in all those countries and for getting mad when someone in the media actually does their job and asks him about it. It doesn't happen very often. But he also gets it for lying to people about not raising their taxes if they make less than $400,000 a year. He's a Democrat. Everybody knows that Democrats always promise to tax the rich and then they make everybody's taxes go up. And he gets it for overdoing it with the mask. He's always got the mask on, at least when he knows the camera's on him anyway. Uh, and he's out there making noise about lockdown two if he's president in January. But he did make some sense uh, when he said this in a speech today. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international effort to pressure. Did you get that? That's what he said. Maybe you didn't catch it. Here it is again. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international effort to pressure. <laughs> it's something about mobilizing, uh, but that, that kind of sums up his entire campaign. Let's hear it one more time. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international effort to pressure. <laughs> I'll tell you what, uh, let me know if you know what, uh, what, what he said there. I don't think, I think he said nothing. I don't think there's any translating to be done there. I think that was just actual gibberish. But the thing is, uh, you know, you have John F. Kennedy ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. That'll be that'll be uh, Joe's uh, signature line from this campaign. Um, whatever that was. <laughs> uh, nobody's been able to figure out exactly what he said there, but everybody knows this. Joe Biden is this week's winner of the Windows R Us Jerk of the Week Award. The Jerk of the Week is brought to you by Windows R Us, Pittsburgh's premier exterior replacement company. Expert repair and replacement for windows, roofs, siding, doors, gutters, and downspouts. Why pay double? Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. And as I said, if you'd like to become a candidate for the award next week, the Windows R Us Jerk of the Week Award, uh, be sure to cast your vote for Joe, because you'll be, you'll be a serious candidate if you do. When we come back, Aaron Perini, Director of Press Communications for the Trump Campaign. Both campaigns were in Minnesota today. That's kind of interesting. And in our second half hour, a doctor, a very smart doctor, will tell you why lockdowns are dumb. Stick around. Still paying outrageous premiums for your health insurance, or maybe you settled with a ministry plan, some short-term medical or limited benefit plan that lacks the coverage you need? This is John Stoggerwald from my friends at Marley Financial. And every agency offers the same stuff, well, except Marley Financial. Marley Financial now offers a unique ACA clone that looks, feels, and most importantly, acts just like a Blue Cross plan. In fact, it's even better. You can go to any hospital or facility anywhere in the country. They'll actually waive your deductible for inpatient and surgery. Does your plan do that? Plus, they can customize your plan to reduce your costs for the rest of your life. 
Contact Marley Financial today, 724-884-1496. You don't have to wait until open enrollment, 724-884-1496, or visit MarleyFG.com. Nobody does health insurance like Marley Financial, the most innovative agency in the marketplace. 724-884-1496 at MarleyFG.com. This is AM 1250, The Answer. Hi, this is John Steigerwald, and I want to talk to you about the latest film from Dinesh D'Souza. And by the way, it's his most important. It's called Trump Card, and it's an expose of the socialism and corruption that defines progressives. The film reveals what's unique about modern socialism, who's behind it, why it's evil, and how we can all be attentive to preventing it from creeping into the framework of our lives. This is the most important election of our lifetimes. The stakes are high. The battle line's stark. And this new film by Dinesh D'Souza explains why as only Dinesh can do. Go to SalemNow.com and order your video on demand and DVD now. You don't want to miss this important new film by Dinesh D'Souza. Order your DVD and video on demand now at SalemNow.com. Go to SalemNow.com, enter the promo code Pittsburgh, and save 20%. That's SalemNow.com, promo code Pittsburgh, to save 20% off Trump card. You've heard all the lies about President Trump. Trump is a racist. Trump is Putin's pet. Here's the truth. Trump is the most effective conservative president that America has had in decades. And every lie they spread about him is targeting you. This is Kurt Schlichter, and my new book is called The 21 Biggest Lies About Donald Trump and You. It does what no other book does. It knocks down the 21 biggest lies about our president with facts and logic and humor. Trump obstructed justice. Trump hates immigrants. These are big lies. And the reason for the lies is simple. President Trump is the first president in a long time to stand up for the Constitution and for conservative principles. And when the left wants to tear down everything this country stands for, my new book, The 21 Biggest Lies About Donald Trump and You, explains why this president's courage and common sense are exactly what we need today. This is the most important book of the year. Read it and you'll agree. The 21 Biggest Lies About Donald Trump and You by me, Kurt Schlichter. Get it wherever books are sold. Hey, John Steigerwald here. As you know, our friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help you get the best sleep of your life. And he didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow either. Mike created the new Giza Dream bed sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for me, which is crucial for my busy schedule. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's Giza sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. The first night you sleep on the Giza sheets, you will never want to sleep on anything else. Giza Dream Sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors, and Mike is making a special offer for my listeners. You will receive two-for-one low price plus free shipping. Call 1-800-716-8087. Use the promo code STAG or go to MyPillow.com. Make sure you use the promo code STAG. You're listening to the John Staggerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Well, the candidates are making their closing arguments now. Both candidates actually were in the Midwest today. Kind of interesting that they were both in Minnesota uh, today, actually, where the Republicans haven't won, as far as I can uh, understand, since 1948. Erin Perini is Director of Press Communications for the Trump campaign. She joins us now. Good to have you on again, Erin. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. So what does both uh, candidates showing up in a really blue state mean? It, it, that doesn't well, bode well for the Democrats, does it? No, not at all. That's right. I mean, what we're seeing is that Joe Biden, while the media and pollsters are trying to spin up a narrative that Joe Biden is running away with this, he's on defense by having to go states to states like Minnesota uh, that has been historically blue because he knows that President Trump changes the political landscape and the map, uh, you know, Wisconsin and Michigan hadn't gone for a Republican in decades before Donald Trump. And so they know that they're having to fight for ground that normally they wouldn't have to because President Trump changes the political map and their candidate is weak. And with that, they know they've got to fight harder than they had before. And uh, so is is that I mean, I know you're not going to give this away and you don't really know the answer to it, but could it actually be that 
by showing up there, you force the Democrats to show up in Minnesota. And he ha- instead of campaigning in a state uh, where he'd rather be, uh, you, you're kind of making him go to Minnesota and making them go to the Midwest, and they're kind of following your lead on that. Well, absolutely. I mean, we are going to keep Democrats on their toes. We're going to keep them playing defense because we have a candidate that won't slow down, that will continue to talk to new voters. Everywhere the president goes, we are seeing generally between 20 and 25 percent of registrants for these rallies are Democrats. And between 20 and 25 percent did not vote in 2016. So that changes the map everywhere across the country, including in a state like Minnesota. And and so that's why the president will be continuing to protect the 16 map. He's currently in Wisconsin right now. uh, And that's why, you know, we're going to Minnesota. We're going to expand the map as well. I think Joe's going to go to Wisconsin, which Hillary forgot to do four years ago. Well, that you know, that's it's probably too little for late, too little too late for Joe Biden. He has only yeah. been to Wisconsin twice before he went this week, and now he's trying to run to catch up. The president's been to Wisconsin. I don't even know how many times. Probably too many to count. The only other time that Joe Biden went to Wisconsin was to try and politicize the violence we saw in Kenosha, Wisconsin. I mean, Joe Biden is a bad candidate, and he's certainly trying to run the Hillary Clinton bad playbook. <laughs> did you did you, uh, did you, you hear what he said today, that nobody understands what it was that he said? Did you see that soundbite? I Have did, yes. His, I, we we the, need a Rosetta Stone class just for the Joe Biden language. <laughs> the gibberish. It was, um, I played it three times in the opening of the show, and I... I think it might that it might end up as Joe's um, ask not what you can do for your country, you know, signature line for this campaign <laughs> because it kind of sums up the you know what comes out of his mouth a lot. Man, it was I, that was just stunning. I don't know, I don't know how anybody stands up in front of a crowd and says nothing. It's 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 amazing. Anyway, uh, <laughs> the president uh, is coming back to Western PA tomorrow. Uh, he's in Butler. Will, will that be his last stop here in Western PA before Tuesday? Um, that I'm not 100% so sure of. The president's schedule is still kind of being finalized. The best way to stay up to date is donaldjtrump.com slash events. Uh, things okay. are kind of consistently moving as we go into this home stretch, but he'll certainly be in Pennsylvania tomorrow. I know he's excited to get out there. And Joe Biden such a, such a disaster for Pennsylvania. When the president backed Joe Biden into that corner during the debate saying, would you, you know, get rid of the oil industry? Would you ban fracking? And Joe Biden ultimately said, yes. I mean, in Pennsylvania, uh-huh. that's over 600,000 jobs. That's devastation to a state like that. Yeah. And you mentioned that, and I've, I've seen this in, uh, off and on uh, all, all through the campaign, and uh, Tim Murtaugh told me about it a long time ago. Um, how you said that the Democrats are, are a good percentage of people who show up at the rallies are Democrats and people who haven't voted before. Um, how do you do? How do you do that? I mean, how, when these people you have, how do you get that information from those gigantic crowds? How, how do they let you know what party they're affiliated with? Absolutely. So we take their voter, the they, we take their rally registration stuff, and we have the data trust between the campaign and the Republican National Committee, where we take the registration data they submit to us and we cross it over with the voter files and we see who these people are based on their voting propensity, their likelihood, um, what kind of what in, what interests they have. And we can model based off of that. And in states that have party registration, like a state like Pennsylvania, where you have party registration, uh, we can see if this person is a registered Democrat or if they're an independent or if they're a Republican. We're talking to Erin Perini. She's director of press communications for the Trump campaign. Um, it's, are you able to see a difference in those numbers compared to 2016? Because um, Donald Trump was a much less known um, uh, candidate back then. He was Donald Trump, but really nobody knew that much about what kind of president he was going to be, obviously. Uh, I wonder if you've seen a big difference in the number of people who have crossed over since four years ago. If they, oh, they have that information. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things, and Pennsylvania is such a great example of this, is our ability for our ground game to register voters and to change the voting turnout. What we saw in Pennsylvania in 2012 for Barack Obama was that there were 1.1 million more Democrats registered than Republicans. In 2016, when President Trump won by 44,000 votes, 
there were over 900,000 more Democrats than Republicans. So we'd already eaten away at that lead just a little bit. And now today it sits that there are 686,000 more Democrats than Republicans. We have continued to eat at the Democrats' voter registration advantage in a state like Pennsylvania where it's so crucial. And we have seen that even when Democrats had almost 300,000 more registered Democrats in the state, the president still won. We have cut that lead substantially, and we really think that is going to make a difference come November. Going to uh, Joe Biden's birthplace, uh, Scranton, PA, on Election Day. I think that's where I saw you're, you're, you guys are headed, or the president is headed. That's a nice touch. You're going to be in Joe's, what he calls his hometown. He, I don't know how long he lived there, but he was born there. But you're going to be there on Election Day. Oh, absolutely. You know, the, nobody has more fun on the campaign trail than President Trump. So we're going to go straight into the man's backyard. I mean, if Delaware was a toss-up state, you better believe we'd probably have a rally in Joe Biden's basement because if he's there, we're going to be right behind him or right ahead of him, forcing him out to have to talk to the American people. Because every time he does, there's some gibberish that comes out. There's some half-coherent sentence. But ultimately, it's disastrous policies. Today, I watched Joe Biden say, I'm going to stand up to China. He hasn't stood up to China in 47 years. He has actually sold American jobs out to China. He was standing in Iowa talking about how he was going to be tough on China when he cheerleaded for them to join the World Trade Organization, costing 29,000 jobs in a state like Iowa. It's unbelievable. So Joe Biden, yeah, we're going to be everywhere, and we're certainly going to be in his quote-unquote hometown. And I saw a clip from a CNN panel today. Uh, I don't know when it was. It was sometime today. And um, it seemed uh, the, the, the group on the, on the set there seemed kind of worried. Their faces showed some concern when they were talking about what's happening with early voting in Florida. What's happening there? Uh, yeah, in Florida, every single day, President Trump's campaign has cut into the Democrats' early voting lead. Uh, right now, Joe Biden has less of a lead than Andrew Gillum did going into early voting. We have cut that substantially every single day of early voting. Democrats had a substantial lead to start. We have cut into that to make a sizable difference in that. And we still believe and know our voters are more likely to show up on Election Day uh, in a state like Florida. So that's what we're looking at. We're looking at an incredible ground game. And Democrats, I mean, they should be worried, but it's probably too little too late for them. Now, um, uh, where, where, where are you headed for these? Uh, what, what's the goal here for the next three? You only got really three full days, Friday, Saturday. Well, sa- yeah, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Um, what's the plan for the next three in just uh, the master plan? I mean, I know you, you, you're kind of um, up in the air about exactly where everybody's going to go, but what's, what's the attack here for the next three days? Well, this is a pure get-out-the-vote effort at this point. This is making sure we get voters out to the polls. Uh, We're going to be in Pennsylvania and Michigan and Iowa and North Carolina and Georgia and Florida and Wisconsin, and we are not going to be slowing down. We're in Minnesota today as well. We're going to have the campaign all across the country. Oh, and by the way, those are just states that President Trump is going to, not including the vice president. Uh, the first lady, the second lady, the first family, everybody. We're going to be all across the country talking to voters and talking to supporters, making sure they know the difference between 47 months of success versus 47 years of failure. That's our message, and now it's time to get the voters out. And last thing, I know you have no idea, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Do you think we're going to know who the winner is by midnight Tuesday? We certainly hope so. That's the goal. We know that Democrats have wanted to try and upend the election system to sow chaos so that people won't believe what they see with their own eyes. But again, we're going to fight to make sure that we uh, we have uh, a result on Election Day or, or we have a pretty clear sense of, of where of, of who's going to be the winner. Hey, Aaron, uh, I'm happy to have you on. I don't know if we'll be talking to you again before Tuesday, but we've had, had you on two or three times. Uh, I really appreciate you doing it. Thanks. Thank you. Okay, and that's Erin Perini, and she is the director of press communications for the uh, for the Trump campaign. Um, and it is interesting that uh, they are spending time in Minnesota. Uh, I was surprised; I didn't realize they, a Republican hasn't won won that state since 1948. That's just and so what what are they doing there? You know, uh, it's uh, it just it's, it's not a good a good sign. 
<clears throat> that um, the Democrats felt like they had to go there. Meanwhile, um, Joe Biden was out there also talking about his. This is this is the kind of stuff that drives me crazy. Uh, Joe Biden, if he does win, which he's not going to do, but if he does win, um, he would be the second Catholic president. John F. Kennedy was the first one, sixty exactly sixty years ago. He was. Uh, I don't know what the exact date of the elec- what what election day was, but exactly sixty days sixty years ago this week. Biden's out there saying that his Catholic faith guides his policies. Uh, he's like Mr. Abortion. He he, and and then he opens himself up. He should. I, I just don't. I, first of all, I don't know how you can claim to be a Catholic and also be not just okay with abortion, but Mr. Abortion. I mean, he's he's been a, a, a huge. Supporter of abortion. And, excuse me. We're not talking about just abortion. Uh, we're talking about abortion up until the minute of birth. He's he's been okay with that. Um, Biden wrote in, a, in an op-ed for the Christian Post. He said his Catholic faith guides his policies, including wearing masks. How about that? His Catholic faith will will guide him to wear a mask. But it won't guide him to be opposed to abortion. Try to try to figure that out. You, you can't. But that's what he says. His Catholic faith guides his policies, including wearing masks to defeat the coronavirus pandemic, rooting out systemic racism, ending the evil of poverty, welcoming immigrants, and doing everything in our power to ensure that all God's children have the hope and future they so rightfully deserve. How does somebody who's a Catholic... Write. It's one thing to say it, but he wrote it, so he had to know what he was writing, and he had to look at what he wrote after he wrote it, and 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 then be okay with it, and decide to okay print, you know, or whatever he did, send it in. Um, he he's about rooting out systemic racism, ending the evil of poverty, welcoming immigrants, and doing quote everything in our power to ensure that all God's children have the hope and future. They so rightfully deserve. So they deserve a uh, uh, they deserve uh, the hope and future that he's talking about here. But they don't deserve to be born. Okay, that's what he's saying. Uh, that is, it's not just it's just not it's not only hypocritical. It's just unbelievably stupid to say something like that. All he wants to make sure that all God's children have the hope and future they so rightfully deserve. How do you have a future that you so rightfully deserve if you're um, aborted when you're when you're uh, a couple of months into gestation? You, you I, I don't know. I think that's kind of reducing your chances for a good future. I mean, it's just me. So he he should be absolutely trashed for that. And I guess uh, he's going to get a lot of votes from Catholics because I, I guess there are Catholics who, and I'm talking about practicing Catholics. Uh, if you're a practicing Catholic and you believe in the precepts of the Catholic Church, I don't know how you can vote for Joe Biden. I'm sorry, I don't know how. Uh, abortion ends the dis- ends the discussion. It's um, it, it makes no sense to me. But um, Kamala Harris, uh, you know, is out there too, and he, that she's going to end up being president if he wins, which he's not going to do. But he's she's going to end up being president, and she she loves abortion. Um, so Ashley McGuire, she's a senior fellow with the Catholic Association. Uh, she's endorsed uh, Trump. She told uh, Fox News that Biden's candidacy has been confusing to Catholic voters, quote, who believe that being Catholic is more than just another label. Joe Biden has campaigned on his Catholic faith while promising policies that contradict Catholic teaching and even, even threatening the little sisters of the poor. That and abortion. What what just so hypocritical and so stupid. But I wouldn't worry about it because you know what? He's not going to win. When we come back, we're going to talk about lockdowns and a lot of the COVID-19 stupidity with a guy who's done a lot of research on it. Stick around. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The presidential candidates are busy on this Friday, four days before the election. President Trump and Joe Biden are both blitzing the upper Midwest. 
The president is making stops in Michigan, Wisconsin, and Minnesota. Biden will be visiting Iowa, Minnesota, and Wisconsin. Full House actress Lori Loughlin reporting to a California prison to begin serving a two-month term in the college bribery case. A strong earthquake in the Aegean Sea between the Turkish coast and the Greek island of Samos collapsed buildings in western Turkey, killing 14 people, injuring over 400. Earthquake officials say a small tsunami struck south of Izmir. And daylight saving time ends this weekend. Set your clocks back one hour early Sunday. Sharp drops on Wall Street. The Dow fell 157 points. The Nasdaq was off 274. This is SRN News. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For a free quote, call 800-523-3771. That's 800-523-3771. 800-523-3771. Or go to selectquote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. Okay, we did our research. We know what you want out of a radio station and what you don't. You want a station that's committed to giving you all the information you need about everything big going on all day and all night. You want smart hosts who know what to make of it all. You don't want a lot of fluff and nonsense. You want real people. Yeah, we think we found them for you. You be the judge. AM 1250. The answer. This radio station accepts political advertising. In fact, we are required to do so by the federal law. We understand that not all our listeners will agree with statements or positions taken by all of these candidates, and sometimes neither do we. But this radio station is an important part of this community, and therefore the candidates want to bring their message to you via our airwaves. We do so as a public service, and we are required to do so, regardless of your position on these issues. Please make sure you register to vote so your voice is heard. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Upon your passing, you wouldn't want a judge to decide who raises your children or how your estate gets divided. It is important to review your estate planning documents to ensure they protect what matters most. At Abernathy and Hagerman, we will work with you to establish an estate plan that nominates a guardian for your minor children and that your assets are used for your family's benefit. Judge for yourself. For legal help that lasts a lifetime, visit a-h.law. Do you or your business have financial problems? Are you overwhelmed with debt? Then call me, Attorney Dennis Spire at 412-471-7675. My legal practice concentrates on bankruptcy law, debtor rights, and tax matters. I have over 30 years' experience as a former United States Department of Justice bankruptcy attorney and lawyer in private practice. I have represented thousands of cases faced with financial problems and lawsuits. Reorganize and get a fresh start. Call 412-471-7675 or visit my website at DennisSpira.com. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart or Radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Parkway ease volume delays outbound Bates Street to Edgewood's Wispale. Heavy inbound from Forest Hills to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel, Stanwick Street to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Parkway West slowing down inbound Green Tree Road to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Outbound congested Parkway Center Drive to Carnegie. On Mayview Road in South Fayette, single line alternating. They're working on slide activity there between Sky Ridge Drive and Sunset Drive. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer, Weather. A few clouds in the sky tonight with a low 31. Partial sunshine for tomorrow with a high 48. Mostly clear tomorrow night with a low 39. Windy on Sunday with a shower. Rather cloudy with a high 51. Monday, breezy in the morning 
Otherwise, intervals of clouds and sun with a high 43. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Gregory Patrick. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. COVID-19 is on the ballot on Tuesday, not just in the presidential election. Uh, there's a big difference in how the Democrat governor here in Pennsylvania has handled the pandemic and how the Republicans around here would like to handle it. It's all about lockdowns. Republicans think they're doing more harm than good. Dr. Dr. J. Bhattacharya is a professor of medicine at Stanford. He agrees with them. He's one of the great, uh, great, the great Barrington Declaration uh, co-authors. He joins us now. Jay, thanks for being here again. Oh, my pleasure. So, so what is the? Let's start with that. Just what is the? I, I mean, I you probably say go on for minutes lo, uh, about this, but what is the Great Barrington Declaration? So it's a it's a, a document that I wrote with a colleague of mine at Harvard, Dr. Martin Kuldorf, and a, a, a Professor Sunetra Gupta at Oxford University. It calls for an end to lockdowns and instead a, a, a policy of focused protection. Uh, the basic idea is that we know that, that older people, uh, let's say over 60 or 5 or 70, are, are at a very high risk from mortality if they should get infected. It's like a survival rate is 95% for them. Whereas for younger people, let's say people under 70, the survival rate is much higher. It's like 99.95%. So, uh, the idea focused protection is let's devote our resources, our annuity, our, 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 our money to protecting the people we know to be vulnerable, the old, older population, people with certain chronic diseases, um, while at the same time for people who are younger, um, you know, children, for instance, are at incredibly low risk for mortality from the virus and incredibly high risk of damage from lockdowns. You know, missed schooling, of course, uh, universities closing with huge opportunities left, but also medical problems, people skipping uh, cancer screening because they're more afraid of COVID than cancer. There are people skipping uh, diabetes management uh, treatments, uh, you know, all kinds of medical issues by the COVID crisis, depression, uh, an enormous rate sort of never seen before within the United States. Uh, one in, to, to the extent where young adults, one in four, seriously considered suicide in June. So then the lockdowns are much more harmful. And so the idea there is to lift up the restrictions in, in the lockdowns so that uh, they can get back to their, their lives. And we, don't, we, we shouldn't be asking young people to bear the burden of these lockdowns when, in fact, the, yeah. the risk for them is so low. Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, today is Friday, and uh, high school football is a big deal around here. And the governor and the secretary of health um, back uh, in August or July, uh, they recommended no fall sports for anybody. And fortunately, the, uh, the, the, the uh, organization that uh, oversees high school sports disagreed, and they left it up to the schools, and so the kids are playing sports. But I saw a study done, I don't know if you're aware of this, uh, in Wisconsin where they, they – um, uh, studied uh, a group of kid, the kids who were playing sports in Wisconsin, and uh, they found the kids who were who tested positive, and they there were uh, sixteen thousand practices. This is not just football; it's all sports. Sixteen thousand practices, four thousand games, and they determined that uh, of all the kids who did test positive, one uh, picked up the uh, COVID from an actual sports activity. One. What does that say? I mean, it's healthier for kids to be doing to be yeah. locked by indoors. It is. We shouldn't just be thinking about COVID. Infection control is not the only priority in public health. And for children, it's absolutely vital to be doing normal childhood activities because those activities are fundamental to their growth, their health, their future life, their education as well. And sports is, is one of, of many activities, I think, well, um, 600,000 people have signed the, uh, the Great Barrington Declaration, but you've also gotten some pushback, as you would expect. Where is most of the pushback still coming from? Well, I think there's still, I mean, I think there's a division in the scientific community. And I think part of the scientific community still thinks that lockdowns are the only way to deal with this epidemic. 
I think the evidence is against that, and uh, you can see this from the rise in cases in countries that have locked down very, very sharply. Uh, Argentina, for instance, all through Europe, like France and Spain, locked down, and yet the cases are back. Lockdowns are not a way to address this epidemic that will result in it being limited. But if we only lock down hard enough, we only feel face pain, we can, we can get the disease to go away. It's kind of a hair shirt approach to epidemiology. Lockdowns are not effective in limiting the disease. I think we lost him there, Mike. Uh, Yeah, we'll have to try and get we'll try and try and get Jay back. Um, but but um, his point is that, and it seems like it would be an obvious point to me um, that uh, you, if you just focus on the prevention of people of the pre- preventing people from getting the disease, especially young people, why is it so hard for people to figure out, especially really smart people like doctors? Uh, and educators, why is it so hard for them to figure out that the lockdown is actually more dangerous and presents more danger to the kids than the disease that they're trying to prevent them from getting? That, that, that shouldn't be that hard. Um, and I, I don't, it just, it makes no sense to me. But um, uh, Jay uh, had this, this, um, this, uh, Great Barrington Declaration came out a while back, and uh, I do know that a lot of people loved it. But uh, that's what I asked him before we lost lost his uh, connection. There um, is that that uh, the people who were against it, um, they they that's just it's, it's been seven months since we've had the lockdowns, and they st- they just won't budge off of the idea that you just got to lock everybody down and everybody wear a mask and we wait till the disease goes away. It's, it's just not going to happen. So, um, Hey, uh, you know what I'm going to do, Mike? Uh, can I, okay. Uh, I was going to say, we'll take a break. Uh, Jay, you're back. I'm back. Sorry. Okay, good. That's okay. Uh, no, I was just saying, as we were waiting to get you on there, uh, there's a lot of lo- really smart people involved in this, including yourself and lots of other doctors and scientists. Why is it, it just seems to me that it shouldn't be that complicated for people to figure out, especially after we've been able to watch what's been going on for seven months now, that um, the lockdowns uh, present more danger to the kids than the disease does. That, that, yeah. it, is it any more complicated than that? Why is it so hard for people to accept that? And I'm, I'm talking about not people, idiots like me. I'm talking about doctors who are supposed to know this stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, around the world, people have recognized that. Schools are open around the world on the basis of the, uh, the, re- the relative safety of, of, uh, of being able to have kids be back in normal life compared to the harm from, from COVID. We absolutely should acknowledge that. I think there's a, 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 a tremendous amount of evidence in favor of that. I mean, I think, um, I think a lot of the problem comes from uh, scientists and epidemiologists that think about this. They, they believe... For, for reasons I don't fully understand, that lockdowns are the only way to address the epidemic. But in fact, the lockdowns have failed in so many places, right? So France is, uh, is locked down harshly, Spain locked down harshly, Argentina locked down harshly, yet they're seeing very, very sharply rising cases. At the same time, we've seen enormous harm from these lockdowns, uh, children, of course, but to basically to everyone, to, uh, uh, depression, um, health problems, the collapse of economies where poor people are facing hunger around the world as a consequence of, of lockdowns. Um, I think uh, lockdowns are no longer a, 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 you can no longer say that all of science supports lockdowns. That's just not true. And um, uh, you and your two uh, co-authors have a piece up at Newsweek.com today. I think it was up there about lockdowns. Um, my question is, I remember they said we had to flatten the curve when it was going to be a tough 15 days. That was seven months ago. Um, is there any – I know that you think that the end should be now, but do these people who just insist on the lockdowns, do they have any end in mind here? What, what, is, what, is, the, what is it going to make them happy enough to stop the, the, the stupidity? I mean, I think I think some of them think with a vaccine comes, it'll it might uh, it might give us enough tools to to end the lockdown. But the problem there is that 
we don't know what that vaccine will look like. If it's 100% effective and 100% safe, then yeah, a vaccine might, might, uh, might be effective. But we, have, but we don't yet know what that will look like. Most likely, if it's uh, like sort of other vaccine-related efforts to uh, production, it'll, it'll take long to get, a while to get to that point where we get such a, such a safe and effective vaccine. We'll, we, we may in the interim have some vaccines, but it won't, it won't end the lockdowns. It won't end the call for them because they'll be partially effective, most likely. So it, I think they're thinking about vaccines as the main route out and lockdowns until then. The problem with that is that it's too costly in terms of health, psychological damage, and harm, especially to, to, to young people, um, when it's not, even, it's not even effective. A much smarter idea is focus protection. But, and in fact, that Newsweek article that you mentioned goes through yeah. a lot of detailed ideas for how to do that. How do you protect yeah, elderly people? You can run some of those bias. Yeah, like the, uh, the, you, spoke, you spoke in the, uh, wrote in the article about... Uh, uh, nursing homes and how to deal with people who are elderly, the elderly people who are at the most risk. Yeah, so nursing homes, that's where almost nearly half of deaths in the United States have been in nursing home settings. That's, that's, where we, that's one major place to do focus protection. So, for instance, uh, some ideas, instead of having multiple staff members deal with one person, because then they're exposed to multiple people, have one, one, like a, a limited number of staff members dealing with the person, uh, an elderly person living in a nursing home. Uh, use our testing resources to make sure that, that an elderly person is not ever exposed to anyone who has even a hint of the possibility of having the virus. Um, at the same time, you have to acknowledge that there are loneliness issues for elderly people in nursing homes. So we have to figure out ways to see, make sure that they can go see that they see their family, or that their family can visit them, and so on. I think we have to balance there. But lots of good ideas are available. I think we've gotten better at that over time. Um, for people living in the community, like you know, I think the lockdowns actually have created these like multi generational homes. You know, young adults go back and live with older parents because you know they lose their jobs or they're sent home from the yeah. universities. Um, so I think lockdowns will actually help that by ending the lockdowns will actually help that. Uh, but even there, you could have ideas where if, if someone in your house uh, is exposed to COVID, you know, a teenager goes out and does normal teenager things and they think they've been exposed uh, and, and grandma's in the house. Well, then grandma, maybe we can, uh, the, the town can offer her uh, a, a temporary living facility in a, in a, like a hotel while, the, while they get the, the child gets tested. Um, instead of creating a shame for the poor, poor kid, you just you offer resources and opportunities so that you can address the risk while still allowing young people to do normal young people things. Yeah, I mean, I'm in the I'm in the <clears throat> risky group. Uh, um, you know, um, uh, the uh, I'm 72, so um, I, I it's not that hard for me to grasp the concept of maybe my grandson who comes home from college ought to stay away from me for a while, or I ought to stay away from him. But yeah. you actually address that issue too about kids coming home from college. Yeah, I mean, I think for one, I don't think kids 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 should be in college if they're if they're of that age. I mean, that's that's a better place for them than than at home where they're and and, and you know trying to do Zoom classes and have no inter- social interactions or very few social interactions that they normally would have. And that's not right to ask them to bear that cost. But yeah, if they're living at home with you and you're 72, then we should offer up uh, resources so that to protect you while that happens. And, the, mm-hmm. and we should end the lockdown so it doesn't have to happen, right? So they can they can be in college and you can be safely at home, and you can see you can visit them through calls and Zoom and all that. And so they're doing it backwards when they they test the kids before they go to school. They they uh, before they when they get to college, they should test them before they leave, right? Yeah, exactly. Because for them, uh, COVID is much less of a danger than it is for you. That's just an absolute right. fact. So, so, the, so you test the kids before he leaves campus, and then that gives them the idea that whether or not they should go hang around old people. That's not that complicated either. Yeah. So, we, use, we should use our testing resources intelligently to protect people, yeah. to save lives, not to close down schools. Now, are masks working? And we're talking to Jay Badashariya. Badashari, 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 sorry, sorry about that. Um, no, don't worry about So you asked me about masks. I think masks yeah. are kind of a complicated issue, actually. So uh, I think that in crowded situations where you really can't social distance, it's not possible, you, probably, you should likely wear a mask. I mean, that seems like a, just the, same, the right thing to do. If you're walking around by yourself outdoors, there's not a ton of evidence that, that it's going to protect you from anything. Um, 
I, I, I do think that masks have, have an absolutely important role in protecting the vulnerable elderly, for instance, right? So if you're, if, like, for instance, if you're living in, in a house with a, with a teenager and they, they're going around, then, then, uh, then I, I think we should provide N95 masks, real masks with real protection to elderly people living in those situations because they may not be able to protect themselves otherwise. Um, I think masks do play play a, a really really important role. The key thing to hear is that we have to avoid shaming. Like what's happened around masks is is actually from a public health perspective terrible. It's created this we created this huge division where one group of people shames another group of people for for, for an activity or behavior. That should never be the public health message. It should never be divisive in the way it has been. So we should redo retool our messaging around masks so that it uh, actually protects people in the situations where they need protection. And then, you know, if you're driving in your car alone um, on, a, yeah. on a federal highway, you don't need a mask. I mean, I don't understand. I saw a guy with, with a mask uh, last week in a car wash. He was going through the car wash with a mask on. So I thought that was a little... <laughs> well, I mean, I think, I mean I, it's funny, but it's, 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 it's a... It's a uh, what ha- that's what happens when, pu- when public health messaging doesn't get done right. You want to convey truthfully what the risks are and truthfully what the uh, things that people can do to take, take control over those risks. Um, you know, so, yeah. Now, uh, Jay, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, <clears throat> out of time, but where can people find the Great Barrington Declaration uh, and read the stuff that you came up with? Sure, it's on uh, gbdeclaration.org. You know, just go on the web or, or just type in Google. So now I think it works now. So although we were shadow banned by Google for a little while, but it now should work. So just type Great Barrington Declaration on the on the oh, yeah, on, on you, Google and should find it. You were censored a little bit too, right? Yeah, which is kind of crazy. It seems like sensible ideas to me, but uh, it's sick. Well, hey, I, I, doctor, I, I appreciate you being on. Thanks a lot, and I, I yeah, hope you. to have you on again when if this thing is. I hope it's not going on six months from now. But if it is, I'm going <laughs> to want to have you back on. <laughs> All right, John. Take care. Thank you. Very good. That's Doctor Jay Bhattacharya, uh, and he's a professor of medicine at Stanford. And we will be right back. Finally, here's the inside story of how the deep state went after President Trump in a new book entitled Above the Law. This is Matt Whitaker, former acting United States Attorney General. My new book, Above the Law, is a first-hand account of how former FBI Chief James Comey and top officials in the Justice Department worked against President Trump. In my book, I explain how the double standards were applied to President Trump and his allies by the mainstream media to achieve its goals. And you'll learn how the Mueller investigation was able to produce a massive report for the purpose of political subversion, in spite of the fact there was no evidence of wrongdoing by the president or his campaign. I also include my thoughts on how we ensure that this never happens again to another president or American citizen. It was an honor of a lifetime to serve this administration. In my book, you'll read why I encourage everyone to say yes to the call of public service. Get an up-close and personal perspective on Obamagate from inside the Justice Department. Read Above the Law, the eye-opening new book by Matthew Whitaker, available at Amazon and wherever books are sold. We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. This is John Steigerwald. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters and downspouts, siding, and, of course, windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company. And all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for free repair or replacement. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. From a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty, why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company. That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Here are the facts. Your business needs leads and sales. There are potential customers online right now looking for what you do. Will they find you or your competitor? You need Salem Surround. Having to do your own digital marketing while trying to manage your business, well, there's just not enough time in the day. You need Salem Surround. You're doing all you can to market your business, but are you sure you have the right strategy or seeing a great return on investment? You need Salem Surround. The marketing team here at Salem Surround is ready to help your business now. 
We'll design a plan that targets potential customers with proven marketing strategies, using everything in our toolkit to work for you. Digital, audio, mobile, even audience-engaging contests and promotions. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your marketing plan and see how we can help place your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. When Tom Yakupin at New Era Health Plans talks to people about health insurance, they tell him they worry about having quality health insurance and their finances. Tom knows he will help with both. Hi, Mike Gallagher here. People are paying huge deductibles and premiums with Obamacare, but you can get a health plan with exclusive benefits and features. No deadlines. Enroll anytime. Plans include coverage for COVID-19 testing and medical expenses. If you're under 65 and in decent health, you, your family, or business buys your own health insurance, or you're paying ridiculous COBRA rates that you're going to have to change anyway, Call Tom Yakupin at New Era Health Plans. They help folks buy health plans with flexible acceptance and rates 30 to 60% lower with no deductibles or copays. Compare your coverage to what New Era Health Plans can offer. This is the best non-Obamacare plan available today. Call 724-230-4500. Write it down. 724-230-4500 or go to neweraahealthplans.com. That's neweraahealthplans.com, a quality plan managed and chosen by you, not the government. Warning, listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. Well, we're running out of time here for the week, but I wanted to end the week with this profound statement uh, made by one of the presidential candidates today. I want you to listen and just uh, keep this in mind and think about it all weekend. This message from Joe Biden. Listen. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true and international effort to pressure. <laughs> One more time, Mike. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true and international effort to pressure. I'm generating to pressure. I'm trying to. I'm going to try to work on that and be able to repeat it by Monday. That's uh, that's a guy who wants to be president of the United States. You really have to see the uh, the video because he says it. With a look on his face, like he really mean, like he, like he really means it. He's very serious when he says that. Uh, that's uh, that's Joe Biden, the next president of the United States. Maybe uh, good for him. Anyway, we had a good week. Thanks to Mike. Thanks to Darren. Thanks to you for listening. And we'll be back Monday. There will be only two days to go by then. See you later. John Staggerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.